Hey guys, welcome to Startups of the Week, Season 3. I'm Sophia Kanthara, and I'm here with Owen Thomas. Hey. And Alex Wilhelm. Hey guys. And this week, we'll tell you about a company that's gearing up for its first launch into space, a startup that was acquired by your favorite Office IM tool, Slack, and an app that's trying to make your travel experience a bit calmer. That's all coming up on Startups of the Week. First up, we've got Capella Space, which is in the news this week because next month they're going to be doing their first launch into space. They are a company that they, the as I spoke to the CEO this week and he says, we're not a satellite company, but we build satellites. So uh, I'm sorry, that is so Silicon Valley. Like we're not <laughs> the thing we do. We're like a bigger concept around the thing because, because they don't want their valuation to be like constrained and limited by this one thing that we do. I don't know. Yeah. If I was a satellite company, or sorry, if I made satellites, I would certainly be beating my chest going, I make satellites. What do you do for a living? I bet yeah, you just exactly. code, you little child. Embrace, <laughs> Capella, embrace your bad satellite self. That's our message. <laughs> Anyways, they're a cool satellite, not yeah. company though, because they don't make these huge satellites. They make smaller ones. Yes. So they make um, satellites that are about the size of a backpack. And they, what, what, the reason he says, like, we're not a satellite company is because what they're trying to sell is the, uh, is a monitoring service. So their ultimate goal is to create like a constellation of satellites up in space, um, so that they can do hourly imaging anywhere in the world. Um, Any place on the planet. Absolutely. Yeah. That's super impressive. And part of the reason, so how this, the idea for the company came about is I was talking to the CEO and he said they were very frustrated when the Malaysian Airlines flight back in 2014 just went missing. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you lose a plane? <laughs> but, um, and all these governments were searching for it, but because of the, you know, the satellites that are currently up there, there's a lot, there are a lot of major gaps in what they can see because at any given point in time, um, about 75% of the earth is covered in either clouds or darkness. Right. So Capella's technology, um, it's, it, it allows them to be able to do imaging through clouds or any sort of weather conditions. Wow. And this is called uh, the synthetic aperture, if I recall correctly. That's correct. And they're making, like I said, back, backpack-sized satellites. Um, and they're actually partnering with SpaceX for next month to launch their first launch their first satellite that's there. fantastic and well they, that that means that you will soon get a free capella backpack size satellite with your purchase of a new tesla <laughs> um i think the economics would go the other way i think you get a free tesla with your purchase of a satellite from this company so these mm. are these are not the really small CubeSats that we've written about but no. they're also not like the regular satellite how big is a like a regular satellite for comparison so he was telling me the um, I guess the regular size satellite is about the size of a school bus and okay. a lot, lot more expensive. And tip you have to be like a government entity to be able to send one of those up yeah. into space. Um, so they're trying to open up, you know, these monitoring services to the commercial, to like the private sector. Um, and he was telling me also, because these are a lot smaller, it just it's a lot faster and cheaper to get them up there. You can get multiple mm -hmm. satellites up you know, all on one rocket. It's like carpooling on a rocket. <laughs> so, so more capable than a CubeSat because that's a very small mm -hmm. kind of form factor, uh, but so much cheaper than your run-of-the-mill satellite. Yep, cheaper, smaller, faster, easier to get up there. And looking at the numbers, if they get <clears throat> their first one up on a SpaceX rocket, I think it's going to be in like May of next year. They may have six up by the end of 2019, 
And then they may have even more kind of coming along. So by the end of 2020, they'll have six total. I'm sorry, the six total by 2020. And that means they can monitor the Earth every three hours. And then down the road with 36, they can do hourly monitoring. So this is kind of a gradual ramp up into the service they want to provide after this first trial satellite. Yes. So this is their first launch ever. And but eventually they're trying to get to the point of like hourly imaging with their entire constellation up there. Well, then happily we won't lose any other airlines uh, from, the, from that company. <laughs> that was still one of the more surreal moments in cable news history, I feel. Yeah. It, it is fascinating to think of in this in this age where we all feel hyper-connected and hyper-monitored that there are sort of blank spots on, you know, on the globe where, you know, data does not reach. I mean, it's... It, you know, I wonder if, if we will be kind of nostalgic in reverse for like those days when when you could be unknown, when you could be when you could go missing. But I'm you know, I'm probably waxing philosophical here. Well, you can't really go off the grid if the grid is everything. Right. You have to leave the planet otherwise. And this is one more step towards it being impossible to disappear. Now, not the final step, of course, but I think it's cool. Tech. And also, how often do we see SpaceX in a story about startups? Kind of a fun little uh, Elon Musk tie in there for everyone who's been watching his Twitter feed in the last 36 hours, roughly. Mm. <laughs> don't get me started about Elon Musk's Twitter feed. I don't think we have time to get into the SEC today, so we should move on to astrotechnology. Yep. So astrotechnology was recently acquired by Slack. Um, and for those of you, if you don't know what Astro Technology does, is they use AI to power email and calendar apps for, for businesses, basically. Or they did, because Slack is shutting down their email app. Yeah, so they're pausing service right now. Um, I believe this is the biggest acquisition to date for Slack, for Slack correct? It's 25 employees that are going from Astro to Slack. So that's a pretty reasonable size number of employees for an acquisition. So should we call this a Slackquisition? <laughs> we should, well, we, to be clear, we can. To also be clear, we should not, is how I think I would view that. <laughs> <laughs> no one expects the email Slackquisition. And that is a Monty Python joke about the um, Spanish Inquisition, which yes. is a very actually good reference there, Owen. That's thank, feedback. Thank you, thank you for explaining my jokes, Alex. Well, Thanks, thank you I for being the footnote. to myself. <laughs> Anyways, what matters here is this is another move by Slack to bring talent into its uh, corporate entity to probably help build out its platform. And I know Owen hates that word, well, but no, Slack I think does it, actually have a legitimate platform. I, I think it's reasonable to use the term platform here because Slack is trying to do something very broad and support other applications on top. Uh, what I am curious is the extent to which email, instead of being seen as something in opposition to Slack, how much will email be um, blurred into Slack? For example, will Slack actually be the application by which you read your, uh, your inbox? Because think of, think of the workflow, you get an email, and then you need to tell a colleague about it. So you get an email from some external source because Slack is really internal communication only. But you need to make that jump from from external to internal communication. And how do you do that cleanly? I mean, I have been actually playing with this at various um, workplaces. I, at one point, I was using a tool from Zendesk called Inbox. And they had a nice Slack integration. And that's how, um, that's how we got tips into... Uh, you know, into kind of our newsroom environment where we could say, oh, here's a tip from a reader. What do we do about this? Do we want to write a story, assign a story? I think that um, customer service, you know, for, you can think about as, uh, as an area. Customers email in, but then the group, you know, the customer service group needs to decide who's handling this, how do we track it, how do we address the underlying problem. So I think that is really intriguing to me if Slack goes down that route. Now, that said, sometimes these acquisitions happen just because 
the acquiring company wants the talent at the, you know, at the target company. Yeah. And just to kind of double click on that, I looked up their last funding round. It was March of 2017. It was 10 million. Now that is roughly, I want to say 18 months from, from now. Like it's about the usual window of venture capital schedule. So the company's probably had two options, raise more money or sell. Cause it's about, you know, the right time for either of those two things to happen. And here we have option B. Right. So not an enormous surprise. Maybe they had a harder time building out the tech than they expected. Maybe up, you know, uptake was slower. But Slack's a great place to go because Slack's growing like a weed and everyone uses it. So if you want to go build some tech that's going to impact you know, millions and millions of people, there you go. Also, mm-hmm. Slack has this great currency right now. It's a company. It's got a high valuation, but it is poised to go public uh, in 2019, a lot of people believe. And so they can give... They can acquire a company for stock. We don't know the details, right, um, of whether it was cash or no. stock. But let's presume they use their private, you know, their private stock currency to do this deal. That could become public next year. So the investors and employees of Astro could see a, a very nice payday, potentially better than uh, what they might have gotten from a cash offer. Yeah, so it points to uh, Redpoint, Aspect Ventures, and Upside Partnership are having money in uh, Astro. And uh, I think it was Satish uh, Damaraj um, who led for Redpoint. So those are the score points for the big venture capital board in the sky. And interestingly, Red, uh, Redpoint has done other enterprise investments. In fact, I believe that they were involved with an email company called Zimbra, if, uh, if I remember correctly. Oh my correctly. gosh, that is a throw. I haven't heard that word in a long time. Owen history button activated. What the heck is going on? Yes, uh, Zimbra was uh, was one of uh, Redpoint's investments, and uh, actually Satish, who invested in Astro, was the CEO of Zimbra. Oh, um, so I see. you know, often in Silicon Valley, we've got these like same ideas and same people <laughs> kind of <laughs> recycling. They take another go at it. Um, I want to touch on one other thing, which is that it doesn't seem like anyone's able to create an email app that um, that kind of goes anywhere anymore. I mean, there was um, there was Mailbox, which was acquired by Dropbox. Oh, a thousand and, years ago for famously $100 million in, I, I presume, equity at the time. And uh, there was also a... Um, a startup called Accompli, oh. uh, which um, which was bought by Microsoft. Now that that actually I think was a very successful deal. Microsoft is in the email business. They make Exchange servers. They make the Outlook client software. And Accompli more or less became the really good Outlook mobile client that we use today. Um, none other than Salesforce CEO Mark Benioff has said that he likes this Outlook client, even though he is a Gmail user. Um, so, uh, you know, the new Outlook works really great with Microsoft Gmail, works really well with, uh, with Google Apps Gmail. Yeah. Um, it's, but it's tough to beat an incumbent like Microsoft in a, in a productivity tool category like email. Well, I mean, Slack's trying to do that right now because, as we've all talked about occasionally, Teams from Microsoft, which is part of the Office yeah. 365 catalog, is going up against Slack in the enterprise, uh, which is one of the more interesting, I think, fights in tech at the moment. It's one of my favorite to watch, at least. And that's why I think... I would I would place a bet that Slack is an email client within a year. Like Slack is the way you read your email. How much? I bet you a dollar and a high five. <laughs> a dollar and a high five. Sold. All right, good. All right. Sophia, you're our witness. Who, who do we have up next? So up next for our last startup, we have Calm, which is a meditation app. It's in the news this week because they're partnering with American Airlines to do some like in-flight meditation um, options and also like when you're boarding you'll hear these soothing sounds 
Um, so Alex, I know you are a meditation app user. Can you tell us a little bit about, but not if calm, you use Headspace. Yeah, correct? I use one of the rival tools. In fact, this morning before I got on the bus to come here to Fidei and go to work, I did six minutes of meditation uh, across two three-minute little vignettes, and I felt better. Um, I think I've advocated for this sort of stuff on the show before just because I think in the hectic world, anything you can do to bring your, your stress levels down is going to be healthy. Um, ah. I, exactly. Makes you feel <laughs> calm. Um, but I didn't know that uh, Headspace had a partnership of its own with an airline. Is that right? Yes. So now both of these rival services that are best known as smartphone apps are working with kind of big metal carriers in the sky. So who works with who on uh, on the Headspace side? So Headspace has been doing this actually for a while since they partnered first with Virgin Atlantic back in 2011. And I believe they've branched out um, to a couple others as well. But they've been doing it for a while. But uh, so far, CNBC was reporting that uh, this American Airlines Calm partnership, and it's just with them so far. That's fantastic. I mean, Calm, um, according to the numbers that we have in front of us, has raised $28 million and has between 11 and 50 employees. So just a couple dozen. It's not a huge company. But the scuttlebutt that I hear around uh, San Francisco is that the company is very lean, but growing very quickly and has uh, very strong monetization, implying pretty good revenue growth. Now, I don't have hard numbers, but that's what I'm hearing. So this deal could put even more change in Calm's pockets as it hopes to grow and compete against a relatively well-known, uh, I wouldn't say incumbent, but whatever um, Headspace is, you know, yeah, market it, leader or something. I, I don't think we've got the financial details of the deal. Is that right, Sophia? Mm-mm. But I would not be surprised if um, if Com actually were not taking much money directly from American, but instead using this as a customer acquisition tool. So basically exposing people in this kind of great, you know, great environment, like, hey, you need, you know, you need to chill out. You're you're flying. It's stressful and introducing them to the product, and then they might become paying customers when they get back to the ground. I mean, I can I can definitely see that. I think when people get the idea that your phone can be a source of calm as opposed to panic, it's a very attractive option. Because I think mostly your phone makes you nervous. Yeah, and it does expose them. I mean, I don't know how many people fly American Airlines, but it's a huge carrier. So yeah, th- I think they're still the biggest in the world. I was going to say they're like top three. Yeah, unless uh, unless there's been one one of those the the Middle Eastern airlines are merging again. Like Emirates might buy Etihad. That would that would uh, topple them. But uh, they are um, yeah, they're way up there, so to speak. Well, good for Calm to lock down such an important deal uh, as an app. So, Sophia, what are you going to meditate on after this podcast? Well, it looks like I have to meditate with Calm, right? I can't be writing about it without at least trying it. <laughs> have to test it out. Yeah. How, how about you, Alex? Would you switch from Headspace? Uh, given that I've already paid for Headspace, probably not. But when my re-up comes up, I, I will try Calm out. Sounds fair. Thank you for listening to Startups of the Week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a rating and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Read more startups coverage at sfchronicle.com. And crunchbase.news. I'm Sophia Kanthara. I'm Owen Thomas. And I'm Alex Wilhelm. And this is Startups of the Week.